What's up, everybody? This is Pixel Splitters Episode 2. I'm here with my good man, Josh. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, and I am Willis, and this is a podcast. Uh, two guys talking about movies, TV, anything else really we want to, but mostly those two things, I think. <laughs> and video tech. Video tech, I would say, is the third thing there. Yeah. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing well, man. We, uh, we got definitely a good amount of stuff to go over today. As many of you Lots. know, last night was the 93rd Academy Awards. And obviously, you know, tons of stuff to go to go over about that. But today we're also going to be talking about uh, West Side Story and In the Heights because the West Side Story trailer dropped during the Oscars last night. Um, we got some Sony and Spider-Man news to go over. And then later on, hopefully if we have time, we're going to be going over the Shang-Chi trailer as well as a little bit more DJI news. And uh, hopefully, if we've got a little bit more time at the end, touch on the Apple event that happened last week as well. So, uh, so yeah, got some good stuff coming up on the pod today. Yes. All right, you want to just jump right in? We got a lot to go over, so. Let's jump right in. Okay. So the Oscars last night. Yeah. 93. We only got seven till we hit that big 100. No, man, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. <laughs> I love that that's my initial takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> Only Strong seven start. more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, let's just talk about the fact that this was a year that most films did not release in theaters, especially the ones yes. that were up for Academy Awards. I'm pretty sure across the board, most of them were streaming, like released on streaming, if not simultaneous, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's only a couple. I think a couple of them had theatrical runs. Yep. Um, but... The majority of them were, yeah, were streaming, for, like native to streaming platforms. Right. Which, honestly, so that's been a controversial issue on its own in terms of the Oscars yeah. because before a lot of people were arguing that streaming, quote unquote, wasn't really filming. I don't know what, what the argument was between some of the big filmmakers was they shouldn't be eligible to you know, be up for awards in the Academy. Is that, does that sound right to you? Yeah. So the, the understanding that, I have is that a lot of filmmakers and I'll say, I'll say this, a lot of filmmakers of an older generation yep. consider that you can only be a film eligible for an Academy Award. If you've had a theatrical run, the movies are played in movie theaters is the argument. And I, I think we're both on the same page of that. That's pretty much a bullshit argument. Yeah. Um, there's something to be said for it in like a roundabout way, but like if that's your argument of like it can't be a movie unless it's done in theaters, then I I, I think that's garbage. Totally. I mean, it's like, oh, it's not real music unless you've heard it on like them performing it on stage. I'm like, that's not. Or on the radio. Yeah. Like the ra yeah. music's not real if it's on the radio. That's that's just not how it is. I, I understand yeah. the sentiment and I do like I get it. But at the end of the day, I just don't. Some of the the best films I've ever seen debuted on streaming platforms. It's like that's just yeah. not a viable argument anymore. Um, yeah. And like we kind of, I think, actually touched on this last week of there's like a a debate of, okay, if it's something that's made to be seen in theaters, that's a stronger argument. But if it's something that is sort of platform agnostic, like 
do we care? Like, why do we care? Like, right. So to come back, to come back to the Oscars, their whole thing was you had to have, I think it was at least a two week run in theaters during the, the year to qualify for an Oscar nomination. Yes. Yeah. But this year they threw that out the window. Yes. For good reason. Cause they'd have one movie p- being played, uh, or being, you know, fought, yeah. out, fought over. Tenet sweeps the, yeah. the, <laughs> It's just Tenet and actually no, I think um, uh, promising uh, young woman. young woman. I think that mm-hmm. was that debuted in like February or something. But yeah, needless to say, there wasn't there there wouldn't be very many uh, that that would be eligible at all. But uh, I, I don't even know where to begin with this year's Oscars. Should we talk about the fact that Steven Soderbergh was the producer of this year's <laughs> and, and noticeably noticeably the this yeah. year? Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> so. The thing I think we should start talking with is uh, the fact that it was shot in, or not shot, I don't think, but presented in two, three, five, yeah. and twenty-four frames per second. Yes. It looked like a twenty-four pull down, like yes, very cinematic, very cinematic. Yeah, and a lot of like cinematic framing, a lot of like the King's speech kind of framing, where it's like super weighted to the left or super weighted to the right. Yep. Um, I don't know. What were your thoughts on that, Josh? I, so I remember they did a lot of the foot, they started doing this during the football season with some of their televised castings, doing this really cinematic shooting. And for the Academy Awards, I think it's more appropriate, but I still, I'm like, why? I don't think it looks bad. I'm just confused as to why they did it. Um, because I think that the, the way that they used to present was fine. Like the way that they used to shoot them was it was more <laughs> comprehensive to a lot of people because, I don't know, for me it just seemed a little bit like, why? Like, you didn't really have to do it like this. And some of the shots and some of the really big sweeping shots I thought were confusing because there weren't any – there's nobody in the in the audience really. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a big issue with it. I just thought it was a weird choice because it was – I kind of was just wondering why they did it. You know, shallow depth of field, widescreen, like, that's cool. Sure. But I just didn't see the reasoning why. I didn't have an issue with it per se, but um, but yeah, what what did you think about it? I mean, I was I was digging it. Yeah. I was um if it was anything else, I'd have been like, this is insane. Yeah, yeah. Um but in that it's like the Academy Awards, it's about movies. Yeah. Why not have it be a little more cinematic? And I hate myself for being like, Oh yeah, let's make everything more cinematic. But like <laughs> like why not? lean into that kind of thing. You know what I mean? And like, you know, why not make it as much like a movie experience as possible? Sure. That being said, so like I was on board with the 24 frames per second and the matted two, three, five. Yep. The thing that I didn't care for was the, um, like sort of complete lack of cutaways to the actual movies. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like almost no clips at all, um, which that I was really trying to wrap my head around. Yeah. Um, it was heavily like they, there was a lot of talk about like, oh, like what made you want to become a filmmaker? How'd you start in, in movies and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, which I get, but at the cost of like going through the best cinematography category and not seeing any of the cinematography right. is absurd. Yeah. 
same with like a lot of the animation categories and yeah like um like costume design there's some that i'm like i and i'll be frank i didn't see most of the oscar nominated films this past year i just for one reason or another, a lot of them were is because you had to rent it for 30 bucks and I wasn't really. We, we should circle back to that. Cause I think that's a very common thing this year. And we're movie um, people. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I saw a handful of them, but yeah, like a lot of them, but let's, let's put a pin in that yeah. and come back. Um, totally. so yeah, like the history of people's like backgrounds into getting into film and whatnot. Yeah. I, I dug, um, but it seemed like it was filler for something that they couldn't do, which right. like, I don't know why, like they wouldn't be able to do the same kind of thing that they've done in the past. Like right. running the clips is not something that COVID would affect or anything like that. Not you know, all. it's, I don't know. I, that I was sorely missing and that I, I felt pretty quick i was like wait why are we just staring at these people right if it was weird because yeah. the pacing it it interrupted the pacing for me mm -hmm. it, it both felt like it was going too fast and too slow at the same time yeah. which was weird because but one thing that they did make room for which i did enjoy uh at times was the fact that they didn't play anyone off at the end they kind of let everyone yes. do their speeches which i thought was cool which might have been part of the re they they wanted to save time for everyone or so I'm not I'm not clear on the reasoning. Well, so the thing that I kind of came across with it was like yeah I had the same thought at the beginning of oh they're like really letting people talk yeah you know what I mean like and it was like anybody like the best uh, international film yeah. um, for for another round he went on for a good solid five minutes and I was like how are they like, I feel like every year with the Oscars, they're always rushed. Yeah. And the thing that I came to was there's no performances this year. Mm. All of the best song performances were done pre-recorded in like the beforehand, which buys them a solid 40 minutes probably, you know? You're right, yeah. But that I'm good with. Some of the other pacing stuff was really driving me crazy. Yeah. I mean, to, to go directly to it, like the in memoriam thing was- yeah terribly cut yes it, uh, and the immemorial the immemorium was so rushed and so fast and like yes like we lost a lot of people in the past year right but the 10 minutes right before that was that insane bit on the oscars snubbing best songs right um with uh with glenn close there yep. doing the butt and like that, I'm like, I don't even know why we're watching this. This feels like filler in an ad break or something like that. Totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know? No, absolutely. I don't know. It's Part of it, I think, is no one really expected... I don't know if I can even say that. I feel like everyone expected this year's Oscars to do poorly. So mm -hmm. they were doing a lot to try and remedy that. And maybe, you know... Oh, but no, that doesn't even really... I don't know. I really don't understand. I really don't understand what was going on with the production. Yeah. I, I, it's just. They were, they were changing it up, I think. Which I'm for, like totally yeah. change it up, but to, to have something that felt largely incomplete, that's the way yeah. I came away from the whole thing. I was like, this doesn't feel like an event that was, and, and the ending is a whole other thing, but all of it together yeah. just didn't feel like anyone was on the same page about. Um, and, 
I mean, I enjoy, I think everyone who won things for the most part rightfully deserved. I mean, we had a ton of, uh, like women and people of color that were like, like, uh, numbers that we've never seen before in terms of, uh, nominees as well as winners. Um, so there's a lot that was great about it, but the yeah the event itself i don't i didn't even watch the red carpet did you i had it on for a little bit beforehand um just because my wife always likes to you know see the dresses and things like that um it was very weird um i mean those are always weird but it's you know um it it didn't have any kind of near the the glam that it usually does and i think the broadcast as a whole didn't have the the spectacle that it's used to but definitely not but that I think is a, a reaction of COVID of, you know, the only people that were there were nominees. And, you know, I think at one point I was like, oh, wait, where's Emma Stone? Oh, oh no, she wouldn't be there. Like, right. you know, you start being like, oh, these people that would just be there. Like right. Matthew Mc- I don't know why Emma Stone was my original go-to, but she, like. For some reason, <laughs> she always is there for me too. <laughs> like always. Yeah. You're like, oh, well, of course you should be there. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it. it's interesting because. So, like I said, they were changing things up, and I think they were changing things up because last year it also had, like, abysmal viewership. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at some point, and this is as good a, and, you know, the COVID pandemic is as good a reason as anything to be like, all right, let's change it up, throw something else at the wall, see what sticks. Right. And I think a couple things did stick, and I think a couple things bounced off of the wall and hit the person who threw it in the face. Yes. Very hard. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I mean, we've kind of already gone over that kind of stuff, but like the whole thing felt, I feel like a good word is unpolished. Yeah. Like from the beginning with the walk in there and then she just, I thought um, Regina King, when she started out, it took me a good while. I think she was on her fourth or fifth before I, she was like, she was on her fourth or fifth nominee before I was like, oh, wait, the, this is a category. We're not just talking about like an opening here. Right. We're in it. There's no, there was no opening. There's yeah. No hu- there's no. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, and then the ending. All right, should we talk about the ending? I was going to, we can go right should into we save it. the I ending? mean, I don't know how much, how much else you had to really go over in terms of like big stuff. Um, we can just talk about the ending just if you want to right now. I mean, I mean. Because that was the biggest issue that I had with the whole thing was the ending. Yeah. Like, and I think that was universal amongst most people who watched it. It was just, it, it just, let's just talk about the ending right now. Um, okay. So the way that they made it seem like it was going to go for like weeks leading up to this, and especially the fact that they changed the order of everything in the way that yeah. the the categories were announced. Like usually, it's not in the order that they have it, because they swapped and they they took uh, best picture from last like the last in line and put it a couple places ahead, and then put yeah. um, you know best actor at the very end. So yeah, it was be- it was best actor and actress. Yep. After best picture. After yeah. best picture which is just not how they normally do it. And yeah, no. It, yeah. Um, and so the way that I was taking that and the way that I w- I just kind of thought that um, Chadwick Boseman was a, sh- a sure thing. I, that's just how I felt about it. And I think yeah. a lot of people felt that way too. And them swapping the order like that almost ensured that to happen <laughs> or at least in, in yeah. people's minds in my mind i was like oh okay well this is going to be 
you know, his first and final Oscar. You know, this is going to be yeah. something super meaningful. It's going to be, um, yeah, like an, it kind of a separate in memoriam for him too. And <laughs> and they 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 gave it to Anthony Hopkins, which I, I love Anthony Hopkins, and he broke a record too. I think it was the oldest person to win an Oscar. Yes, for that category. Yes, but he wasn't even there. <laughs> yeah. I think you're absolutely right. I think the producers and not to single them out, but probably Soderbergh yeah. took a gamble that was like, Hey, like this is going to be a great moment. You know, this is going to be a final send off to Chadwick Boseman who couldn't be here, you know? Um, and it's going to be great. And I, you know, it's weird because you would think if they were going to do that, they would, know for sure that it was going to happen, but like right. all of these things are sealed. Like all of these, like nobody knows, you know what I mean? Right. Like the voting is like super secret and super, you know, there's, all, I can't even get into the details cause I don't remember them, but like I, I went down a rabbit hole one time and it was like, oh wow. Yeah. It's like locked in a vault and like flown with like a security team and all this kind of like they, oh my this God. stuff is locked down. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I think they took a gamble that it was going to be Chadwick Boseman because all signs pointed to it being Chadwick Boseman. Right. And then it wasn't. And then there was nothing else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was no tail end to it, which, you know, there's usually not a tail end to the Oscars. Usually it's like they're, you know, the entire team from the best picture, you know, standing on stage and they roll credits and fade to black. But even it's the Anthony Hopkins thing not being there is like another level too, because even if it had been anyone else and they'd gotten up there and given a speech, it would have felt like a period on the night. But right. Joaquin Phoenix going, yeah, the Academy accepts this on behalf of Anthony Hopkins. Right. Cut to black. It's, it's a gamble. It, I think it was a, a stupid gamble. I mean, I probably would have made the same thing. I don't want to, like, I would have been like, yeah, like Chadwick Boseman's, like, I had him picked on everything I've... Totally, yeah, yeah. You know, um, but, but just, it's just... Just the rep, the reputation and the history of the Oscars and who they choose for, yeah, the gamble itself was definitely stupid, but it's, yeah, no, 100 yeah, yeah, I agree with you. It's just, it just, everyone, <laughs> everyone's like, Chadwick is a lock. There's no way... Yeah. There's no way, like, not only is it, like, um, solidifying his place in this industry forever, but not that he hasn't done that already, but it's also, like, he gave sure. an incredibly memorable performance. So, and not that Anthony Hopkins didn't. I've seen a lot of people hating on him. I'm like, it wasn't his fault, dude. Are you kidding me? Yeah. He didn't choose himself. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Don't blame him. He also did a fantastic job. Yeah. It's weird because it's, like... Like Anthony Hopkins, I, I put in the same vein of like Meryl Streep. Yeah, yeah. Of like, and this is actually a good tie-in because I, I kind of have this same uh, mentality around Steven Spielberg too. But mm -hmm. Anthony Hopkins, anything you see him in, he's going to be amazing. Yeah. He's just like, he, he's graded on a different curve, I feel like. You know what I mean? And it's like the same with Meryl Streep. It's like when she's in the competition, it's like, yeah, like there's a good chance that she's going to win yeah. just because she's on a higher level than pretty much anybody else. Right. You know what I mean? Like 
like I'd put Anthony Hopkins and like Meryl Streep and Daniel Day Lewis and like, um, you know, like there's this like upper echelon of actors out there that are just like disappear into these roles. Right. And yeah. So like the Anthony Hopkins thing is like, yeah, he's not, he he's, I'm sure he's, I didn't see the father, um, but yep. I'm sure he's amazing. And even from the, the previews of it, it's like, you can tell it's going to be a powerhouse performance because it's Anthony Hopkins yeah. in a really good role. Yeah. Uh, it's, they went with a safe pick, which again, I'm not like they, you, they don't usually go with the safe pick the, the past yeah. five years. They've been kind of straying away from that and doing not safe picks, but that was the, I mean, that was their one safe pick for the night, I guess. Um, yeah. Cause the rest of them really weren't that safe. I'm like, they, they, you know, we had yeah. a lots of people who I did not think that they were even going to be nominated, let alone win. So I was like, this yeah. is amazing. So I guess that was their one safe pick. But I'm like, you really had to, really? Like, yeah, <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, you could have given him one next year. Like, he's going to be up yeah. for one next year. Are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? This is Chadwick. This is his only, this is it. This is Chadwick. And like, yeah. And like, it's weird because you know, like he is fantastic in that movie, yeah. but like part of me wants to also be like, yeah, but like this is a thing for his career as well. And I, I'm like, we're sitting here talking about it. Like if this is like a, uh, you know, like a, a popularity contest and right. not like the tally of a number of votes, you know? Right. Right. But it's weird because for me, it feels very similar to like the whole Heath Ledger winning for the dark Knight and the Joker. Yep. Posthumously. That was like, it's, it's bizarre to me. Cause if you're s sitting there staring at a list of five names mm -hmm. who have all given amazing performances, like, I feel like Chadwick Boseman was weighted a little bit more of like, you know, yeah. maybe I like this one a little bit more, but like, I want, and maybe I'm getting into like unethical, like, uh, Oscar voting, but like being too biased. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, like it's like, oh no, it's supposed to be judged on, you know, the performance and not who you want to win, but like, right. you know, but, secret balance. But like, it is about that, but at the, end of the day, at the end of the day, the Academy Awards are just, it's just, it's so, it's literally just opinion because it's art. Yeah. And it's, it's, and it's politics too. And it's politics. And the fact that you brought Heath Ledger up is interesting because I think it's, it's weird. That's a weird example only because that performance is, like you, you can't, I can't think of a better performance in my lifetime that someone's yeah. given. So like, regardless of the, of him passing away or not, that's a, sure. that's a weird one. But no, I totally yeah. hear what you're saying. Like it does, it weights it a bit more because you're like, this is, you know, this is it. Like if, if he doesn't get anything and, and, and not that he wasn't recognized for what he did. I mean, he's in the MCU. He's, he's, you know, he's done amazing works, Yeah. but it was kind of like, this is the echelon for, for filmmakers is the academy awards not that that yeah. you know not that it should be but it is and it just felt i think it just left a really weird taste in everyone's mouth afterwards because there was this it was the build-up everyone was like it's he's gonna win yeah. he's gonna win not only did they structure the damn academy the the damn event around it but we all just yeah. thought it to begin with so it's like then it felt like it, they pulled the rug out from under us, you know? Yeah. Well, and that was the whole thing. Like I got even deeper into it because I was like, oh man, like, so this reminds me of like the Heath Ledger win. And it was like, he won for the Joker. And then mm -hmm. 
this is Joaquin Phoenix who also won for the Joker who's about to give him like I was like this oh is like God. it's like all kismetic like just like coming together of this oh brilliant you know um, and then it was Anthony Hopkins which I will give him credit I don't know if you saw he posted on his Instagram this morning like a little acceptance speech and like oh gave like homage and like props to uh, Chadwick Boseman of oh, okay. being a fantastic actor and all that stuff which you know like yeah. yeah, he was asleep when he won. He woke up to two Academy Awards. Oh, he didn't. He, he 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 made it very clear he was not showing up for that award ceremony. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. which he doesn't need um, to. My guy can go and hang out in Wales or wherever the hell he is. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the other one thing that I I, I thought was very interesting, and we're ripping on it, but also kind of poorly done was all of the people in uh, other countries and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so there was like they had like their theater or whatever in London where there were a bunch of people. Yep. You know, like. Uh, you know, who were nominated there, but then they had like the random people in like guy in France, guys in uh, Dublin, guys in all. And Just I was sitting body. there. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm like, it, like I was sitting there thinking about like, is this like, what kind of situation are these guys in right now? Are they in some professional studio you know, and they're like just kind of hanging out. Right. Like, is there any kind of event around this in Dublin or in Paris? I think in Paris, maybe because there were a few of them there. But right. the other thing I was like, did they ship Oscars there? Like, oh man. Anyway, are there Oscars being shipped back right now? For the ones who didn't win? <laughs> yeah. Like, because that means that somewhere somebody knew that like dude in France was going to win an, win an Oscar. Exactly. You know? Right. But like my thought would be that they just had more and shipped them to the locations in case, you know, like I'm sure London must've had like 10 Oscars chilling out there. Sure. Um, I don't know if Oscars are engraved when you get them or afterwards. Oh, I don't know. It's gotta be afterwards. It's gotta be right? afterwards. Yeah. They'd just be sitting there and be like, Oh, that guy won. Yeah. Here, take <laughs> yeah. one and we'll fill um, it in later. <laughs> so I don't know. That was, that was the one other thing that was like, this is really, weird yeah um, yeah but freaking sasha baron cohen and isla fisher just like standing on their balcony for I like swear five to god, hours <laughs> i swear to god i feel like that was a looped clip it could have been i feel like and like sasha baron cohen would be the one to do it too because oh, yeah. like it, it popped up like two or three times and i was just like this seems like he's just kind of standing there and yeah. like you know and her hair's moving in the wind and like it's like, know. there's no way they um, stood out there for, yeah. They, yeah. They never cut to him for any kind of thing. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> oh, so God. I don't know. Yeah. The whole thing was, a, is, was a work in progress for sure when it shouldn't have been because, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, this is, again, people work their entire lives to just be nominated for one of these things and to mm-hmm. have it be just, I don't know. It, it just was, it, it was very pieced together and not yeah. all thought out, which I'm like, guys, let Soderbergh in on the goddamn, are you kidding me? Like, let him, tell him who the winners are so we can make this thing work. Like, I, <laughs> I, I don't care enough about it. Like, yeah, we, I mean, they could have done it. They could have done it is all, all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think the, the switching best actor at the end was a bad idea. Bad idea. I think the rest of it was just overall poor pacing yeah. and poor just like execution, which I don't know why. A lot of that. Um, well, they had no host at all. We didn't talk about that. Yeah, which but they didn't have that last year either. Which yeah, I'm actually. Kind I don't of really okay miss with. it. <laughs> yeah, like I don't. I mean, I think back to like the Oscars when I was a kid with Billy Crystal doing like musical like representations of all the different films and things like that, and that was crazy. Yep. But then, like, you know, when you get 
to like Jimmy Kimmel standing up there doing, you know, yeah. stand up cracks on something. I'm like, okay, cool. But I, you know, it's unnecessary. Let's come back for a second um, to what we put a pin in before of a lot of people didn't see a lot of these movies this year. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of people didn't know what these movies were. Like Mank got almost no press. You know, I think the only reason I knew Mank was there was because it's David Fincher and like, you know, that's enough for it to come across my, uh, my radar, but. Exactly. As movie people, you know, when David Fincher's <laughs> yeah. putting out a movie, yeah. like, come on now. <laughs> um, but I'm curious cause it's like, there are a couple and I, I don't have a list in front of me, but there are a couple that like, I didn't, hadn't even heard of until like they were announced. Hadn't seen trailers, hadn't seen. Right. Anything. Right. For like best picture or just across all categories? Across all categories. I mean, I think of like um, another round, like, you know, or um, My Octopus Teacher, the documentary. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Which I guess I don't know a lot of the documentaries all the time, but like, you know, um, I mean, like even Judas and the Black Messiah, like, you know, was something that I had to figure out where it was streaming. Me too. Yeah. And a lot of them, I mean, like Minari, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, like these were ones that I actively tried to watch, mm-hmm. One Night in Miami, um, mm-hmm. and it was just like, it was the paywall of rent this for $20. Yeah. If it was buy for $20, I probably would have done it, to be honest, but it was the rent for $20, yeah. and I just was like, well, I'll wait to see it until later, I guess, because you're forcing my hand at this point. Like, I'm not in a theater. I would pay this at a theater, yeah. but I'm not out Yeah. One. So I'm not going to do it. And that might've been why a lot of these films kind of fell under. Yeah. Well, and I, I feel like a lot of this stuff, a lot of the times, like the initial push and the initial like marketing campaigns for it are for the feature re- or for the theatrical releases. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and this is a whole other thing, but Netflix doesn't like advertise for their films. I mean, sometimes, no. but like most of the time it's like you get it at the top banner when you log on if the algorithm wants you to see it. Right. You know, same with exactly. like uh, Hulu and same with Prime. HBO is pretty good at being like, this is a new release. Oh my God. Kind of aggressively yeah. so. Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Watch it now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting. I remember I, I watched the announcement of the um, nominees and like had to have like a trailer watching you know, binge afterwards. Cause I was like, what is this? What is this? What is this? Yeah. Um, there's still a couple in there that I, I don't even know what they are. Yeah. I mean, it's weird because even Ma Rainey's black bottom, like I don't really know too much about that movie. I have no idea where to find it. Like I didn't, I wasn't able to, the ones that I were able, was able to watch were the like sound of metal. Cause it was free on yep. prime Mank a little bit and trial of the Chicago seven, because again, they were free on Netflix. Yes. But I watched those yesterday. Like I didn't. Yeah. It, I I didn't even occur to me to watch the trial of the Chicago Seven until yesterday, and I don't know why that was. It's an Aaron Sorkin written and directed yeah. movie, so I'm like, I know it's gonna at least hold my attention, and it's a great movie. Yeah. But I just it didn't. It, it never occurred to me to watch it before yesterday, and I don't know why that is. You know. Yeah, it's it's very interesting, and it's it's like so for me, promising young woman is I think the one that I knew the most about. Yeah. Which is the one on here that came out during like a pre-COVID, you know what I mean? During like a normal marketing cycle. So. Right. That's like in, 
I don't know, a, a, an interesting thing. And there's someone here. I sorry, I brought up a list of all the the nominees, and it's like, oh, I did too. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? The United States versus Billie Holiday. No, no idea. I, I mean, she got a Best Actress nomination for for Billie Holiday, and I remember seeing a trailer for this that I randomly popped up on YouTube. I don't remember anything of the trailer. It's like just you know, a movie that's fallen completely under my radar, which I think is really, and I think what we're sort of talking about here happened to a lot of people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like, if that's like that to me kind of explains why the, the ratings were so dismal for it. Yeah. No one knew. And like, yeah, we, we, uh, we'd been reading some articles about just people's reactions overall about the whole event. And then, also, the movies that had come out and were nominated, and you're right, because Promising Young Woman, I remember those trailers, because yeah. I went to the theater in 2019 and early 2020, so I saw that trailer blasted everywhere yeah. like six or seven times on the big screen. You don't forget that, really. Yeah. You watch those trailers, and you're like, oh, you know, that might be good, that might be bad, but you don't forget them, whereas here, I never saw a trailer for Sound of Metal, nope. never saw one for Judas and the Black Messiah. Never saw one. I saw one for Mank, but that was because I was really confused about what that movie was. <laughs> never saw one for Chicago 7. Like, none. I've never seen a trailer for a lot of these movies until you look it up. So the the interesting thing is uh, the One Night in Miami. Yeah. I learned about that when Leslie Odom Jr. was on Armchair Expert. Really? Like, it's just a wild thing to me. I'm they, like... And that's the only point of reference I've had for it. Like I've seen a trailer because right. I watched the trailer at one point, like when it got the nomination. Sure. But like, that's all I know about that movie is what I got from his interview with Dax Shepard on Armchair Expert. Right. This is bizarre, which is wild. Like it's an entirely different ad campaign. Totally. And do you think, so I, I'm someone, and I know you frequent YouTube too, but I'm someone who watches a ton. Most of my content is probably consumed on YouTube, j to be honest, at this point. I just, I just watch a lot of YouTube sure. stuff. And they run lots of ads on YouTube. I didn't see any ads for any of these. Like, they, they what do you think they ne would have needed to do? To, like, I didn't, there, there were other rev avenues to push this mo these movies. Yeah. And I didn't see them anywhere. Well, and I think that's like part of what we were saying before of Netflix doesn't run ads for, for stuff. Every now and then maybe you'll see something. Right. Like I feel like I remember seeing something about uh, Trial of the Chicago 7, but like I'm thinking about it and it may have just been that it popped up because the algorithm on YouTube like was like, you like Aaron Sorkin and Netflix and, you know, here's a trailer for it. Um, right. And here's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, 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 exactly. And- it's, yeah, I, I think it has to do a with, if there is a marketing campaign behind it, they had to figure out a whole new way to do things, which yep. I feel like as a whole, they're not huge on and what, what have you. Um, but then also like, yeah, like a lot of these companies that are putting these out aren't motivated to do huge advertising campaigns for it. Cause like with Netflix, especially, I feel like Netflix is like, yeah, let's put it out so we can get an Oscar for it. And then we can say we got an Oscar for it and then more people will watch it. Like, right. They're not into the whole, like, let's advertise. They're, they're in. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like they're not like Netflix's key marketing thing is not get you to watch a movie. Netflix's whole thing is get you onto their platform. Right. Get that, get you to open that app. Yep. 
because I like, we've all heard all of the things of like, yeah, like once you've opened the app, you know, it's designed to bring you to all kinds of different stuff. You know, it's going right. to pull you into seven hours of binging instead of the, you know, one half hour episode you wanted to watch while you were eating lunch or something like, you know. Right. So I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens next year at the Oscars. Um, I think they will keep some of the stuff that they did this year. I think they will drop a lot of it. Um, oh yeah. I'd be super down for them to keep the more cinematic kind of thing. Um, sure. I don't know if it would work as well in like the Dolby theater. Um, could be. I mean, if there's one event that deserves cinematic shots, yeah, it's the freaking one that celebrates filmmaking. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm for future reference, I'm totally fine with like dropping the performances. Yeah. You know, um, they're the, like literally the only one I can think of off the top of my head is Robin Williams doing Blame Canada from the South Park movie. <laughs> like that's literally the only song that I can think of. Yeah, I I wouldn't have even pulled that one up if you thought if you asked me. I I can't yeah. think of any. Like <laughs> yeah, so it's like they're not super impactful. I suppose they're engaging, but there's other ways to be engaging. Right. I mean, it's kind of they're they're kind of also there for the people who aren't as into the award ceremony itself which, yeah. you know, is a whole other thing. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see if, if these streaming services are going to have to start changing the way that they do things just because, I like, Netflix was the only game in town for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then recently, the past, like, three, not even years, every single streaming... So I think they're going to have to start pushing things more. Like, they do some Stranger Thing, like, they're big properties. Yeah. They'll push those a bit, but... Like, I think they can't hold on to this whole, you know, we're just going to, we're going to hope that you, you stumble on us one day with this one title and, and keep going. Yeah. Cause there's just too many out there. I don't open Netflix anymore. I opened yeah. it yesterday for the first time in weeks yeah. to watch the trial of Chicago seven and I turned it on and then I closed it. That was it. Yeah. You don't open Netflix as much anymore. And that's, I think probably more widely happening to a lot of people and you know, like I don't know if it'll be enough to make Netflix really shift. Mm -hmm. It's, it's interesting. Cause it's like now that they've lost all the bingeable shows that I tend to watch. Right. You know, now that they don't have the office and Peacock or now that the office is on Peacock <laughs> and yeah. you know, parks and rec and all that kind of stuff. Um, everything friend, every sitcom ever yeah. is not there anymore. So it'll also be interesting to see how the Academy, you know, whether or not they're like, Oh yeah, no, you have to have a theatrical run next year. Like if right. it's a one year exception kind of thing for COVID, I think it's going to be hard to put that genie back in the bottle, but yeah. I mean, you had incredible movies. I, I've, yeah, I can't even stress that enough. Like these movies are real movies and they're incredible. And, and, and they weren't like, they weren't something that they just decided to put on streaming because the theaters were closed. Right. At least to my knowledge, I, I, I'm to a degree. I think I'm assuming on that point, but like, yeah, like Mank was never going to go to theaters. No. Minari was never going to go to theaters. Sound of Metal was never going to go to theaters. Sound of Metal was never going to go to theaters. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. I don't know. We'll see. We will see. It's no use specula speculating because they, they do random stuff no matter what we say. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well that was a solid 45 minutes on the Oscar. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope everybody's strapped in for a nice long episode today. Yeah, this is going to be a good um, one. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say to our listeners, usually we're going to try and keep these around an hour. I, yeah. I hope, 
but yeah, this one, there's a lot to talk about with the Oscars. It um, just so happened our second episode, uh, we're yeah. recording it a day after the the <laughs> COVID Academy Awards. Yeah. So we're already, uh, yeah, our timing is great on this podcast. Exactly. All right. So we're going to, yeah, let's go right into the West Side Story in the Heights stuff just because that, I mean, the West Side Story trailer debuted during the Academy Awards. Um, yes. I'm not a huge musical person. I don't dislike them. I mean, I, I enjoy them enough. I'm just not, I don't go out and seek musicals that often. Sure. So, um, but I mean, I like Steven Spielberg. I like Lin-Manuel Miranda. So <laughs> yeah. But, and uh, John Chu. Yeah. And John Cho? Chu. Oh Cho? God. Chu. Chu. Cho is Chu. Harold. I don't want to. Yes. Do, yeah. He's okay. done way better stuff than that, but yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. John Chu was uh crazy, rich, crazy rich Asians. Yes. Yes. So I, for my part, am a musical person. Um, you know, I, I, I enjoy them. I don't know why we need a new West Side Story. <laughs> like West Side Story is one of the best musicals, like in terms of like made into movies, you know, I'm not talking about like Broadway or anything like that, but sure, I mean, yeah. West Side argument. Yeah, totally. But like the movie... West Side Story is one of the best musical adaptations ever made. Totally. Iconic, you know, film history, like, et cetera, et cetera. And this seems to be just like a recreation of it. Yeah. I will say when when I was watching it, I kind of said out loud, this is going to win best cinematography next year because yeah. it looks amazing. And it's the beautiful. color on it is very similar to that 1950s, 1960s um kind of film look so like i'm super excited for that but like i don't know why right it's largely unnecessary i mean yeah and it <laughs> seems like not as current like it, it's it seems like and this is going to sort of get it back into what I was talking about earlier, but it seems like West Side Story and then In the Heights are kind of turning into like an old Hollywood versus new Hollywood Oh yeah, battle. Um, and it's weird saying old Hollywood because that makes me think of like, you know, the 30s and 40s, but like old Hollywood, I guess at this point being like Spielberg and yeah. Coppola and, yeah. you know, um, that, that lot. Oh, that's weird to think about. Yeah. So the trailer to West Side Story looked beautiful, but looked very much to me like, look, we remade West Side Story with the same hit point, the same points, the same beats, just with a new cast, like recreating to bring you to that nostalgia of older musicals. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Whereas In the Heights, the trailer for In the Heights feels alive. Yeah. And I think that a lot of that might be like, the musical direction of Lin-Manuel Miranda. Totally. You know, but I don't know. Like it, it seems like, and this is kind of what I was saying earlier with uh, Meryl Streep and Anthony Hopkins. Like, yes, Steven Spielberg operates on a whole nother level. Like Steven Spielberg yeah. is one of the most influential directors of all time. Yeah. I'm pretty bored with him recently. Me too. Like, me too. You know, I'm like, okay, like, yeah, I'll see it. But like, uh, like I, I was looking at his IMDb earlier and he did um, Ready Player One, which 
I have a lot of thoughts on. We shouldn't get into that because we'll talk for another hour. But like, yeah, there's yeah. Overall, not a great film. But then, like no. before that, you get to the, into things of like the post, you know, and just like yeah. the same kind of Tom Hanks in like a war-ish setting, usually mm-hmm. like Cold War-ish kind of thing, doing his Tom Hanks thing, and it's. You know, and like this kind of the the West Side Story seems like that same kind of thing of like, let's go back to this like golden age of cinema where I felt more comfortable and like, you know, let me relive in that. And I I don't know, I this turned into like a scathing hit on Steven Spielberg all the time, <laughs> all of a sudden. But I'm just like, like, I feel like I know exactly what I'm going to get from this West Side Story movie. Totally. You know what I mean? Like if they had brought in like a new director for it, I'd be more intrigued. If if John Chu was doing it, it'd be like a whoa, whole different ball game. Yeah. Cause it would be different. It would be a yeah. very different style. And it'd have West a whole Side different story. life. Yeah. Whereas like Steven Spielberg, I feel like is just going to be a, a film purist. And you know, I feel like I know exactly what's, I don't know. It's, it's going to be really interesting. They're coming out, I think almost at the same time in classic Hollywood, like two of everything kind of thing. Of course. Um, not that their storylines are similar, but you know, no, but you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, New York city musical. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was interesting cause I did watch them back to back the trailers and they're so different in terms mm-hmm. of everything, the tone, the color. And if you've never watched any of John Chu's movies, it definitely check them out. If not just for the, the, the costumes and the color. I mean, his his films are so vibrant yeah. and beautiful and they have life. And again, not that Spielberg's don't, but it's a very, it's a different. But they kind just of different. don't. Like he's yeah. very well known for that, like very muted, very like, you know, I, like, can you think of any like bombastic, like Steven Spielberg movies? Um, not, I mean, the, the closest thing you can get is like indie maybe. Yeah. But even that is like, it's very real. Yeah. But like the last, I'm looking at his IMDb right now. The last five were Ready Player One, The Post, The BFG, which is an adaptation, mm-hmm. Bridge of Spies, Lincoln, and Warhorse. I'm like, uh, none yeah. of those are my favorite Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah. And like, they kind Lincoln of bored is, me. <laughs> yeah. Like, Lincoln is amazing and it's a masterclass in filmmaking, but like, it's like you're sitting down to take a masterclass in filmmaking, like exactly. It doesn't. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm very intrigued to see where this goes. It might also just be kind of a bad trailer cut. You know, I'm be. willing to give it the benefit of a doubt, but uh, yeah. I'm, but uh, come on. You think that Spielberg doesn't have the final say on his trailers. He must true. be like, but again, he might be trying to throw everyone off for, a reason. Yeah. There might be four more trails trailers coming for this one. And he's like, yeah, like they're like, Oh, can we do like a initial one during the Oscars? And he's like, okay. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Sure. Like there's <laughs> take our dailies and put them in a, yeah. Like I'm in a reel, <laughs> but I don't know. Um, I'm super excited for in the Heights. I will probably see uh West side story, but yeah. I feel like I'll see it because at this point I'm like, well, I have to see it. Right. Like, You're not going to not see it. Yeah, like it's an adaptation of West Side Story. And it's Spielberg. Like it's whatever a, we yeah. say, I've seen all of these Spielberg movies. Like Yes, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like so um, I don't know. I just wanted to touch on that because I think it's a, a an interesting duel that we have coming up. Um, yeah. That's going to be kind of cool. 
So, and I think you're right. It's a good, it's a good new Hollywood versus versus old Hollywood type yeah. of thing, and it's it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'll it's like the movie Ransom. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Ooh. All right. Yeah. Let's move on to uh, some. I guess not production news, but I don't know what you'd call it. Industry news. I, I don't know what you'd call. It. I would say industry news, just because it's it falls under a lot of different yeah. things. Um. And so we met, we said Spider-Man early, really this kind of, it, it, it also, it's not just Spider-Man, it also uh, branches out to some of their other major franchises, but the Spider-Man being the one that people are the most excited about. But basically from what I took away is Disney and Sony are entering into an agreement from, for theatrical releases from 2022 to 26, mm-hmm. um, where the movies will move to Disney Plus after their, uh, runs in theaters right yes and then and 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 after the runs on netflix yes well so the spider-man stuff i think is is going to so it's interesting because yeah so this news that sony and disney plus have have a deal um comes just on the heels of the news that sony and netflix have a have a deal of first like distribution so the way i understand it is it's gonna they're gonna release in theaters then they'll go to Netflix and then after a certain period on Netflix, they can go to Disney plus. So, you know, we're talking, well, so first of all, it kind of confirms we're not going to get like Sony plus or any kind of streaming platform from them anytime soon. Thank God. But yeah. So with Sony, I I would assume like, we're just going to get the Marvel stuff on Disney Plus? I think so, but it seemed like I saw uh, there was like Hotel Transylvania. There was like some uh, other weird okay. franchises that I again, no not that many like more people are into the Marvel stuff than yeah. any of the other franchises, but that's why, you know. So Yeah, the only other big one I think they have is Jumanji, right? Which again is Yeah. Yeah. But so like when we're talking you know, Sony things. We're talking all the Spider-Man movies, which I, I think it includes like the older, like Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Yep. Um, the Venom movie, Morbius, mm-hmm. if it ever comes out, um, yeah. and sort of any kind of roll-off thing uh, from there. Um, which cool. I'm down. I love Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's a weird. I think this is Disney pushing really hard to be like have every single Marvel property available on Disney plus. Right. You know, regardless, I think, I don't know. I I guess this isn't really the the point of this topic, but do you think Sony will ever let Spider-Man go back to Disney? I mean, I think they wouldn't like for that to happen, but I think if they, yeah, it's hard because I think during the amazing Spider-Man years, I think they were probably Mm -hmm. ready for it to go back. (laughs) But now that they, you know, Spider-Man's been doing a lot better over the past yeah. couple years and so since it went to Disney. Since it went to Disney. I don't know. I, they would be I would like them to let go of the rights just cuz I, I don't think they're doing much with them. Yeah. Same with Fantastic Four stuff. There's all of this weird turmoil that I just that's why you get these yeah. terrible movies. Um Yeah. But but yeah, I I I think they're going to try and hang on to it. I think they'd be fools not to. I think the thing that might happen is they might let go of Peter Parker. Yeah. 
Because so they have the rights to Spider-Man and Spider-Man's extended character verse. So that's why we're getting like Venom and Morbius and a Sinister Six movie if it ever happens. Yep. Um, you know, and there's like a lot of detail in there of like what they actually have. But it could turn into a thing where they're like, yeah, okay, have Peter Parker. We'll have Miles Morales. Right. And we'll have Silk. And um, there's like a, a, a bunch of different Spider-Man spinoffs at this point um, that I think Miles Morales is the, the, the key sort of to that of, you know, that's a whole nother level that like they could bank on Miles Morales. They could. You know, um, and let Peter Parker just be part of the MCU. Right. That would be a smart move for them to do. I mean, already people have separated Peter Parker from Sony. Like they haven't, yeah. I, I don't, when I think of Tom Holland as uh, Peter Parker and Spider-Man, I'm already like MCU, which I equate with Disney already. So I'm already yeah. like not in the Sony, um, yeah. the whole Sony mindset. Absolutely. So I don't know. I feel like that's what's going to happen. I'm excited um, that that Spidey is going to be on Disney+. Plus. It's a weird thing that I'm like, well, if this if these new movies hit Netflix first, you know, like I'm going to watch it on Netflix. Right. You know, so like if Morbius comes out and I don't see it in theaters, which that one's debatable. Yeah. <laughs> like if it comes out on Netflix, I'm, I'm much more likely to be like, oh, yeah, OK, I'll knock it out on Netflix real quick. But like, I don't know who the target market is for like second run, I guess, just like rewatch value, you know? Yeah. It, it, well, yeah, it's it's funny because like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man have a soft spot in my heart. Not the third sure. one, but well, a little bit the third one. Yeah. But um, but I think you're right. They're going to be relying solely on rewatchability, which is, which, I mean, they have the property to do that. My God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and maybe Morbius isn't like a good example of what this deal was for. I feel like this deal probably was for the, the earlier movies. Yeah. That's probably the get. Right. And I think there was something too of like, like Spider-Man, like Far From Home and Homecoming will be on there too, which, you know, is a weird thing that I'm like, I would just assumed that they were on there, but like, of course they're not. Of course they're, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. That'll be cool. It will be. That'll be cool. It'll be, I'll kind of be like, it's more interesting on like an industry news kind of level than like the end product that we're going to be receiving. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Cause they're, they're just figuring, they're fumbling through this thing as much as we're listening to them fumble through it. Like they're not, yeah. they have no idea how this is going to play out. They're, they're guessing yeah. that hopefully this will make everyone really rich, but who it could, yeah. for, it's weird. The theatrical release window going from there, going to Netflix and then going to Disney plus, which Netflix yeah. already has, like an exclusive co-producing deal with them. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I really don't know what what's going well, on. Well, and the, the interesting thing too is like the, the Netflix thing is all Sony movies. Yeah. So like that's, you know, anything beyond franchises too. So that's like a lot of Sony stuff just going to be coming. And I think right. they're back catalog too. So just like a lot of Sony stuff coming to Netflix, yep. which is cool. Yeah. Um, the MCU stuff or the Spider-Man stuff going to Disney Plus afterwards is – Cool. You know, sure. like, it, like I rewatch Marvel movies all the time, Same. you know, and I like, it's awesome. They're all on Disney plus, you know what I mean? And like, I would probably rewatch Venom, uh, if it was on Disney plus, you know, just cause like, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm like, scroll through, see what's there. Sure. Um, 
So that's an interesting. Yeah, that'll be weird. We'll have to wait and see. I really don't. Again, that's not till 2022. So I've. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Which is next year now, which is weird. I know. And we're already halfway through this year and I don't want to think about it. Uh, quarter way through. Yeah. Calm down. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so while we're talking about Marvel. Yes. Um, let's talk about Shang-Chi. Yes, please. I know you have a lot of thoughts on this one, so I'll let you take lead. So the only, uh, there's multiple reasons I have a lot of thoughts on this. Uh, one being the director, which I didn't know this until a couple days ago. I, the first film festival I ever went to, which was the Nantucket Film Festival, Mm-hmm. I saw the premiere screening of a of a little film called Short Term 12 there where the director, Destin Cretton, who is directing Shang-Chi, was there and he spoke about it. Um, mm-hmm. And that movie awesome. blew my mind. I mean, that was pre... I mean, that was Brie Larson, Lakeith Stanfield, Remy Malek, John Gallagher Jr., all before they had anything. Wow. They'd done anything. And so... And of course, it was a fantastic movie. I loved it. It blew my mind. I watch it like every year just to, you know, just because it's incredible. Um, but that already had my excitement going. And then just rewatching the trailer again and their heavy anime inspiration. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm all for it, man. I, I don't know anything about the character of Shang-Chi at all. But I'm yeah. 100% in for this, uh, like no matter what. Yes, I, I don't know anything about Shang-Chi either. I think it's a newer comic book character. Yeah. Like, I think it's not like, you know, like Spider-Man created in the 50s or whatever. Like, it's not that old. And yeah, it looks like just really well done. It looks like fun. Yeah. And I don't know. It'll be interesting to see because they have, it, it has its MCU tie-in of the Ten Rings, which is like, right. you know, the villain that, uh, captured Tony Stark in the first Iron Man. Like this is like some way, way throwback stuff. Yep. So like it kind of has its place already built in there and we're just going to build a, a, another character around this kind of thing. And like, I assume as everyone does that he'll like end up in the Avengers and like, you know, become a, a larger player. I don't know like how that ties in. Cause I don't know much about the character, but like, I kind of like that. Me too. Like when was the last time that you had a Marvel movie that you were going into that you didn't know everything about the character? You know what I mean? Since the first round of the Avengers movies. Cause I didn't, I'm not a huge comic book person. Um, yeah. Marvel, the MCU largely made me a comic book person. Sure. But I didn't know much about Thor. I didn't know much about Captain America. Like I knew who they were, but I had no idea about any of their backstories. So it's yeah. been a long time. It's been since the first round of Phase One that yeah. I have seen a, a character that I'm like, I have no idea <laughs> anything yeah. about this, but I'm all in. Like, let's go, let's go. Yeah. So and like that's a cool thing. It'll be interesting to see if there's any kind of like, like another trailer that gives more of like his origin story to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see like, oh, I'm really getting into the, like the nerd stuff here now, but like <laughs> to like what kind of like power tier he's on. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Just like where he kind of lands on the, on the, on that spectrum. Um, yeah. Cause you know, there's like Captain Marvel and Thor that are like major powerhouses. And then there's like, you know, Captain America and Bucky and, or down, down even like Falcon and uh, like War Machine and things like yep. that that are just kind of like people, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, 
totally so yeah and the fact that like I, you mentioned this already but the mandarin tie-in i'm just con- i'm the fact so <laughs> i'm interested to see what happens with that tie-in because yeah as we all know anyone who's a fan of iron man and saw the third one knows what they did to the mandarin <laughs> yeah i'm curious if like this the the dad character here is the mandarin i know right you know what i mean i'm like that's like and like will they even bring that up or are we just gonna i don't know we could we could just speculate, we could forever, speculate but, forever but i'm I, basically we're both all in on this and we can't wait to see what yeah. happens and it seems it seems like i'm gonna say this it seems like what iron fist should have been yeah the netflix series yeah like it seems so much more like legitimate and it's like in the kung fu side of things yeah. and like you know the whole mythology around what what he is and again i don't know a lot about it but like it seems like it's much more in touch with that than iron fist ever was 100 percent. iron fist sucked <laughs> didn't even there i said it didn't even really like get into it so i couldn't even yeah. <laughs> all right so we're doing pretty good here there's a couple tech things i think we want to sort of touch on real quick yeah just briefly. uh and then yeah and then we'll we'll wrap it up um we'll bring it home and see what we can do here yeah so we talked a lot about dji last week I know. It's not a DJI fanboy podcast, I swear. Yes. It's really not because, like, I'm not even a huge... Well, no, I kind of am a fan. <laughs> Me too. I'm but a I- begrudging <laughs> fan of DJI. So they released um, their next gimbal. Yeah. Well, they, re- which, they released their, um, their like, uh, like, the patents and designs for it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it hasn't been released. It's just been, like, rumored and, yeah, there's there's stuff out there um i don't get it i don't get it either and i highly recommend anyone who's listening right now to to look up a photo of this because it it like boggles the mind (laughs) i'll drop i'll drop a link to an article about it in the uh in the show notes but it looks like a camera yes but it's well it is it looks like a camera it looks like a full-bodied camera yes um much like a full-bodied red wine or something like that. Right. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it looks like a full-bodied camera, and, but it's mostly a gimbal, mostly a stabilizer. Right. Like all-in-one unit with a handle on it. Yeah. And a glass and a sensor. Right. Like So that's the, the thing that's weird to me. So traditionally, DJI gimbals have been something that you put a camera on and you balance it out and go from there. Yep. They have done like the Osmos and the like Osmo pockets and things like that that have built-in cameras. And I guess their drones all have built-in cameras. And they did buy Hasselblad. Hasselblad, yeah. But I'm like, I don't think of DJI and go, oh yeah, their optics and sensors are fantastic. Right. You know, which maybe it's full on Hasselblad and it is fantastic, but I don't see the benefit of this. Right. Like without the ability to put my own camera on it. Right. And you can't, and we don't, we, we're not sure about whether or not you can, because I, I saw that there was like a plurality to the lenses, but they didn't yeah. go into what you could do with them. We're not sure the sensor size, they're thinking maybe Super 35, but, but you're locked in. Like the fact is you're locked into this unit. Yeah. And I assume it's going to be really freaking expensive. I would assume, like, that's the thing. I'm like, is this... DJI getting into the camera game because I think that's an insane move. That's this is not it if that's what they're doing. Yeah. 
I just, I don't know. It's, it's worth taking a look at. It's something we'll have to keep an eye on, Yeah. but I'm like, I can't imagine getting this for what I'm assuming it's going to be at least like 1500 bucks, probably more. Probably. I'm guessing more just. And then like having to match to my a camera in post right? or like having to, you know, deal with this whole other like ecosystem of, you know, production and post. And like, I don't know. I just, it's. What if you wanted shaky cam? Can you turn the gimbal yeah. off? Can you lock the whole thing? There, like what? Yeah, can you right? put it on like, a shoulder rig and lock it? Like I just. Is it feasible for this to be an A cam? Like I, I doubt it. I doubt it. Like, are they going to have their own log? Like, oh, they do have their own log actually. Don't they? Yes. Yeah. Right. For their they have drones. D-log for their drones. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, okay, that's, that's. But like. And I mean, I guess like from their end, the argument could be made of like, oh, well, everyone who shoots with drones right now is doing this anyway. So why not turn it into the, like do it into a gimbal. But like that misunderstands like why people have drones. Right. You know what I mean? You're using a DJI drone because you're getting an entirely different like shot. Right. And you're not shooting your whole film like that. I mean, you can, but normally it's just you're not. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll no doubt when this comes out further, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll circle back to it and circle try to back. figure out what the hell yeah. is going on because it's just, it's, yeah. it truly is. I really encourage everyone to look at it. Cause I just, it, I can't even begin to understand what they're going for. It just looks so weird. Yeah. And it doesn't look ergonomic or fun or like easy to use yeah. or like, yeah, I don't know. We can, we can guess all day, but we're going to have to wait and see. Yeah. So, um, all right. And then let's, let's wrap it up real quick. Um, with the, uh, the Apple event that was last week. Yep. I, I don't know. I, I like Apple's just gotten into iteration after iteration. Um, the, the new IMAX do look cool. Um, they do. I the like color the color palette. schemes. The color palette is a little bizarre to me, but like kind of all about that purple one. It's the purple um, one's kind of sick. And that's what yeah. they've been doing with their phones recently too. So, I, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's all got the M1 chip, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah, but like other than that, I'm like, okay, cool. Like a, a new Apple TV remote. Sure. Um, oh, actually, wait, hold on. About the IMAX. Yes. So here's one thing. 1300 bucks for a 24-inch screen, which is not a big deal, mm-hmm. but you're only getting 8 gigs of RAM. And this is something that Apple has struggled with in the past is because they charge at a premium and they don't really supply a premium all the time. Mm-hmm. Um. 1300 bucks for eight gigs of RAM and 256 gigs of storage. That's, that's insane to me. Like that doesn't even, what are you going to do with that? I just, I I don't know. That's just one thing I had to say is just, I, I, they're getting further and further away from what people are actually looking for, I think. And it's been, it's been a big issue since the passing of Steve Jobs, to be honest. Uh, Is there just, yeah, I, I feel like they're just like more and more, they're kind of like the iPad is, like it, their iMacs are just approaching the same kind of usability as right. iPads. Like They're merging into the same you know what thing. I mean? like, yeah. Like we're going to like, it feels like we're heading for that of like, yeah, here's an iPad that runs yeah. OS X, you know, and you can like, do, I, I don't know, but like it can't really do anything, especially it's weird. Cause we have such different like values of this at being filmmakers, right, right. but I would assume if you're listening to our podcast in some capacity, you have those same right. struggles. Um, although maybe, maybe not, not but know. then, you know what, 
go buy a purple iMac. Yeah. Like it's cool. It great, um, the M one chips I've heard great things about, yep. um, you know, and they're going to start, although I hear they're, they're coming out with the M two chip like Good next God. year, which like, if they're just iterating chips every year now, then I'm like, but so there's that. And then the, the other thing is the, they finally at long, long last, uh, unveiled the air tags, yes. the item trackers. This is cool. I, there's plenty of other stuff that kind of does this. Um, right. But I'm sure like a seamless integration, if it integrates with my iPhone the same way, like my AirPods do, um, that's yep. cool. Where like, I don't have to really pair it. It just knows what's going right. on. And it's weird because the, the way that I, uh, like just about like reading into it a little bit. It, I think the main draw is going to be the fact that more people, because the way that it works is basically you can use like the find your like find your phone app to ping it, and yeah. if it's within a couple hundred feet, you can hear the ping, and it'll also show up on your phone. Yeah. But if you're not within that Bluetooth range, anyone who has the Find My Tracker app on and like just activated, which most people do for their find my phone stuff. Yeah. If it, if they pass your tracker, it will just ping it, not their phone. It'll ping your thing and tell you that it was pinged there. Yeah. So I think it's the, it's it like, there are tons of products that are cheaper and probably better than this, but it's the fact that there are so many users with iPhones, I think that it just yeah. makes it a little bit more integrated into society. Yeah. Where I could put it on like my car keys. And if I, you know, well, I guess I don't, if I leave somewhere and leave my car keys behind, I would hopefully figure that out before I got my car and drove it away. Right. But right, right. <laughs> like, but if you didn't, so car keys is a bad example, but you know, we'll say, I don't know. Your backpack. My, my backpack. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and I drive away and then I have no idea. And suddenly I could be like, oh, I left it at the, you know, coffee house or whatever. Right. Um, that's awesome. But like. I don't know. It, I, I guess that it's also very much depends on um, the kind of person you are because I'm paranoid enough that I'm, I'm I don't leave things places. Oh, me um, neither. So like I'm, you know, I, I don't know that I'm necessarily the target audience for this. Um, right. But yeah, it's cool. Um, but I mean, well, the thing is, like, think about it. If you were to say leave your backpack at a coffee house, mm -hmm. you would immediately get pinged. Like that's, I think that's their hope is like you, if you didn't hear it or whatever, mm. I don't know how the whole thing works, but there are a hundred, there's seven people in there with iPhones. Like you'd immediately yeah. know where it is. I think that's part of the thing. That's an interesting concept of like, so if I have one in my backpack and I leave, can it sense that it's getting far away from you? Oh, and like notify you, like come back. That like so that would be a cool <laughs> thing where it's like, hey, you left your bag. That would be a cool notification to get. Except That'd when cool. I gotta, hey, you left your bag every time. Like I went to the grocery store and I left in my bag at home. Uh, you know what I mean? Where it's like, hey, you left your bag. I'm like, yeah, it's at home. It's fine. Stop telling yeah. me I left my bag at home. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it better be easy to turn on and off. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens because. Well, that's. It's... I think you have to actively search for something. Like I don't think it's going to be like, okay. "Hey, you left your bag," you know. Um, gotcha. But I know the other thing that's that's worth touching on this is is there was a whole security question around this because yes, you know what's to stop um, like a stalker from slipping this in your in your bag when you're at a coffee shop and 
Mm. knowing exactly where you are at any given time. Oh, Jesus. And I think there, there is some security built in to this, um, in that like you, it, when you search it, it does emit a noise. Um, so it can't, it doesn't like passively ping back to the phone. So like, you know, theoretically, if someone put one in your bag unbeknownst to you and then pinged it, you would hear it and be like, why is this thing in my bag? Right. Like what the hell is this versus just like, oh, they can just track you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. That's, that's the thing when I read about this that I was first like, um, it's a little, could be a, a little, little weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, it's a weird thing because it's like, I'm sure Apple has that in mind and I'm sure they'll figure it out, but there's going to be a couple iterations or like not iterations, but like firmware updates or something. I, I feel like to like totally. get it working just right. And that I'm like, well, can we, I mean, and maybe that's why they've been rumored for so long and never come out because they've been making sure all this stuff is addressed and whatnot. But right. Cause yeah, you, those are valid points that some of which I didn't even think of. It's like, yeah, you can't just, this is a grand slam for people who are looking to like, yeah, know where you are <laughs> at any people. given time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Oh, you say a tracker for $30 that I can just... And it will ping off of any iPhone in the area. Oh, Um, it sounds... Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a home run right there. So... Yeah. Interesting to think about. I don't know. Um, We'll see. I don't know. It's one of those, like, it's what, 30 bucks, right? For one or a four pack for a hundred bucks? For a hundred, yeah. I might pick one of these up, see how it goes. That's why I was like, 30 bucks is cheap enough for... Like, I was expecting these to be a hundred bucks per pop probably... But thirty bucks is cheap enough for uh, maybe I'll try one. The cool thing would be if I could leave it in my car in a parking garage and it could tell me where I parked in the parking garage. Mm. You know, which I don't know how how it does with uh, up and down, like vertical. But right, you it must be pretty. It must be. Yeah, they must be. It's got to be pretty on point. Yeah. yeah. Um, Either way. Cool. But that's it. That's crazy. That was the only thing we took away from the Apple event. <laughs> With yeah, stupid like, air tags. Like, and the iPhone 12 will soon come in purple. Which I'm like, like sweet. Who really? Like that's all you yeah. had? Like <laughs> Which I it don't know. I cool. feel like Yeah, I feel like Apple at this point has so many different things going on. You know, they all have their own kind of platform. Yeah. Um that it, it's hard for them to to push out new stuff. Um although supposedly this year we're getting AR glasses from them. Um which way late on that, man. Google Cardboard's been out for so long. <laughs> well, you know, but like glasses kind of ones that you can just like, right. you know, the like week. Google uh, Google Glass kind of stuff. Yep. Um, but with like the full force of a uh, an app store behind it. But right. Um, I, could be cool. I mean, I bet they'll look sleek. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm so on board for AR. I, I like I want AR in my life right now. Oh, I'm down for AR. The only thing about AR that scares me, and then this is a tangent for later, but uh, <laughs> it's just the fact that people already don't pay attention to, yes. to what's going on in front of them. And then yep. you put things that are coming into their peripherals. Hey, look, I can read while I'm walking down the street. You're telling me that I don't have to take my glass. I can just read while I'm driving? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So I'm sure that's all stuff that'll get worked out. But I, I have, I think people, society needs to get smarter before AR can really (laughs) good luck with that I know so that's kind of all of our all of our topics that we've been looking towards um quite the long episode we're getting to here but yeah a little long today we're not up to four hours or anything like that like some podcasts out there cough cough um I don't know who I'm shading right there I like yeah it could be I don't even know (laughs) 
So, uh, you got a, you got a recommendation for us, uh, this week, Josh? Well, so I honestly was just going to recommend watching, um, short term 12 <laughs> Oh, <laughs> because nice. I, yeah, that's a movie of anyone. I've recommended that movie like 12 times in the past year just because, oh, what's a good movie? This is just one of those movies that rolls off my tongue when I hear a good movie because it truly is. It's just well-made, well-directed, well-acted. The cinematography is beautiful, and it's just they made it on a micro-budget. It's just, you know, it's it's a great movie, so I'd say check it out. Um, and then you get a sense for who, the, who Destin Cretton is, awesome. and maybe it'll make you more excited for Shang-Chi. I don't know. There you go. Nice. That's a great recommendation. So I didn't really have a good one uh, going in, but as we were talking, um, I mentioned the movie Ransom. <laughs> um, do you remember the movie Ransom? Yeah, just 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 a little bit, though. So the movie Ransom came out in 1996. It stars uh, a terrible human being, Mel Gibson, um, but also Gary Sinise and Rene Russo, uh, directed by Ron Howard. Um, and it's a pretty good overall action movie, you know, crime drama kind of thing. But the reason I, I'm recommending it is because it's worth a rewatch in that if you look at it a little more closely, it actually turns into a Hollywood versus independent film uh, square off. So you get, you know, the rich family. So mil- millionaire's son is kidnapped by a group trying to, you know, ransom their son. He then puts the money for the ransom out as a bounty and turns into this whole thing. But so on the the rich side, you get Mel Gibson and Rene Russo, who at the time were like huge uh, movie stars um, you know, like the big bankable names of the time. Um, and the way that all of their scenes are shot, like they live on Central Park West, like there, it's very Hollywood, you know, in their production and, you know, all yep. that kind of stuff. Uh, and then you get into the kidnappers and you get like Gary Sinise and um, Leif Schreiber and uh, Donnie Wahlberg nice. and all of these who at the time were very indie film actors um, and they live in the gritty New York city, like, you know, Brooklyn kind of stuff. And it, it's, it's a really interesting thing because there's very real parallels between Hollywood and, and the New York independent film company. Um, so I wasn't planning <laughs> on doing that one as a, as a recommendation, but it's, it's a decent movie if you can still watch anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. And I just want to say, I didn't give a rundown of short term 12, but basically it's just about a short term care facility for children who are like at risk or in limbo stages of their life. And it's just, yeah. Perfect. All right. So that'll bring us home. Um, Josh, where can people find you online? Uh, people can find me at Josh J Fuller on Instagram. And you can find me at Willis film on Instagram. Uh, and again, as we said, don't find yeah, me on Twitter. Don't find me on Twitter um, either. Oh, and you can no. find us together um, at Pixel Splitters on Instagram as well. And, and Facebook. Facebook. Instagram and Facebook. Yes. Maybe we'll start a Twitter for that. We could we could figure Twitter's out. Twitter's an interesting beast to try and tackle. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Let's begin talking to you. Uh, we'll see all y'all yeah. next week for another wrap-up session with uh, with Pixel Splitters. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>